0: well just kidding okay if i lose it all if i lose it if i lose it i'll use this mic oh my goodness yeah too late thanks autumn i think or was that where's that brooke (laughs) it was a (laughs) beautiful oh my goodness oh good to gather with you all uh today All right, so anyway, I was reading an excerpt this week, and it said this. Social life was characterized by self-sufficiency and the pursuit of riches. In its wake lay many evidences of fraud, deception, apathy, government failures, immoral leadership, indifference, social injustice, and unrighteousness. And I thought, wow, that kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? It sounds like the shadows that we live in here, where I, like many of you, hold out hope that God will move and bring about restoration and liberation among all of us. And yet it was a description of life of the people among whom the prophet Zephaniah lived and spoke 600 years before the incarnation, when Christ was made flesh to live among the people in the person of Jesus who came at a particular time and place and among people a particular story as a way of love. Today as we continue in our Advent series noticing the incarnation as particularity we're going to go back to the Old Testament to the prophet Zephaniah. We're going to go to chapter three which comes at the end of the book And this text comes after a prophecy of judgment upon those who are indifferent toward God, a people who did not live as though God existed and who, after having nearly 50 years of silence, not hearing from the Lord, they had become independent from God, living and looking only after themselves. While this seems like a strange passage to focus on during Advent, as it is often referred to as a passage about the day of the Lord or the final judgment, it does have parallels to the birth of Jesus that was to come. It is also a lectionary passage, so we're here. That's just what we're doing. But I believe it has a good word for us today as we sit in Advent, during a time of waiting as we anticipate the coming of Christ, a time that can often feel like God is quiet while chaos continues to stir around us. So we're going to take a look at our text today, and I would like us to pay particular attention to how God is showing up among people today. You're welcome to turn uh, in your Bibles if you've brought a hard copy or um, pull up the app. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV However, as I read, I'm going to be doing some translation work and adding um, some vocabulary to better flesh out this text for us um, from the Hebrew. So you can follow along if you'd like. So Zephaniah chapter three, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud. Be overcome with joy, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord, Jehovah, the existing one, has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear evil and disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak disheartened and paralyzed the lord your god is in your midst a warrior who gives victory mighty to save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will renew you in his love he will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival an appointed time i will remove disaster from you So that you will not bear reproach. You will not be scorned or taunted for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame. And gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When you, captive, see me restore and draw you back, says the Lord Jehovah, the existing one. This is the word of the Lord. In order to see the love of God showing up in the particularities of people, I want us to first consider who is being spoken to here in this passage. Because I think that uh, what we see here extrapolates then to the incarnation and the continued coming of Christ among us. It is to you, daughter Zion, Jerusalem, the people of God whom God has claimed and promised to be with. To you who sit in judgment, who have become disheartened to the point that the work of your hands is being paralyzed. To you who have been indifferent toward God, Jehovah, the existing one, speaks and is in your midst. Not only that, but to you, who will be rejoiced over, who will be renowned and renewed in God's love, exalted with loud singing, with great joy, as if a day, a festival, or an appointed time has been set aside for a party and a celebration. You who have been in the midst of disaster or evil, even caught up and complicit in it. You will not be scorned or taunted anymore. You who are oppressed, lame, or limping along, outcast and shamed. All you who have been captive will be brought home, back to God's self who will gather and restore you. This is a song of joy, and I believe it is good news for us today, for those who hold out hope that God will move and bring about restoration and liberation. It is a song sung over and over again by God's people who too bear witness to the movement of God in their lives. From Miriam, the, to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Next week, we're going to take a look at Mary's song. So I don't want to spend any time on that here today. I would just like to look at some of the parallels from this text to the incarnation. Over 600 years after Zephaniah's prophecy, Jesus would come, born among people who lived in the shadows of empire, people awaiting a Messiah. God with us came. To a people who had been prepared by John the Baptist to repent, to change their minds and be released from the bondage, that captivity of that which missed the mark of what God intended for their lives. And once again, we hear the proclamation that the Lord was in their midst. This time, God was coming in human form through a woman and among people who would have otherwise lived in shame a people who had been limping along to people who had been oppressed and outcast to people who were not seen or treated as part of the household of God again God would speak a promise over the people this time fulfilled in Jesus who says to each and every person you are loved you belong the kingdom is near as he drew people to God's self. This Advent, we proclaim that Christ continues to come to us, to people, among people. The Lord is in our midst, in the particularities and in the shadows of this time and this place, where evidences of fraud and deception, and apathy, and government failures, and immoral leadership, and indifference, and social injustice, and unrighteousness still abound today. I want to ask us this morning, among all the chaos, can we hear the good news that is whispered to us today? I want to read words from Zephaniah, a portion of them slightly retranslated for us. The Lord your God is in your midst, mighty to save. Jesus will rejoice over you with gladness. Jesus will renew you in his love. Jesus will exalt over you with loud singing. Christ is coming and will bring you out of captivity and back home. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, how rebellious or indifferent toward God you have been. Take joy because Christ is coming to rejoice over you and renew you with love and to bring you This is simultaneously good news and a joy that God calls us to as followers of Jesus. In closing, today we might ask, but what kind of joy? To the crowds who asked him, What then should we do, or what does this good news mean? John the Baptist said this in Luke 3:11: Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Yes, it is a joy that not only secures us in the love of God, but calls us to lives of justice and generosity. It is a joy that anyone can share in, in the ordinary and the everyday. So this season, may we not be disheartened to the point that our hands be paralyzed in the work before us. When I think of this kind of joy, I don't think of an artificial or everything is kind of hunky-dory or an oblivious or naive kind of sense or feeling. It is a joy that catches our attention and shapes our intentions. Recently, I've noticed one of my kiddos, um, he keeps pointing out how anything with the word joy on it is a favorite of his these days. And simultaneously, I've noticed a deep sense of love and life exuding from him, usually bringing about some sort of deep belly laughs or sometimes spontaneous dancing, or simply a sense of warmth in our souls. He has reminded me that now is not the time for rushing past joy. And so I want to read these words for you today. It is liturgy from the website that we love to pull from called Enfleshed by Reverend M. Barclay. Now is not a time for rushing past joy. Do not move too quickly from anything good, not laughter or a sight of beauty, not a taste, a feeling, a companion or a truth. These are gifts not to be wasted. Be generous in sharing, linger and give thanks, be excessive in awe, just do not hurry through them as if they are not precious in this season of grief when you encounter the harder things still move slow open to wisdom's guidance through pain listen listen patiently to your fear pause so that the voice of your body can speak you cannot hurry in heartbreak or loss and hope to make it through And all of this, not only for the sake of your own endurance, but also for each other. When we tend inward, we prevent that which makes our spirit decay. When we nurture our soul, we grow in our capacities to contribute to the whole. Nothing much of value grows quickly. Not courage, nor healing, not love that liberates, nor justice that transforms, not the new world we hope to grow from the ruins of all that is destroyed. Everything we need the most for our collective soul to make it through this alive requires great urgency and abundance of patience. Whenever possible, take a breath and find again the rhythms of life best for growing our souls. Now, the time for rushing past joy. So as we walk alongside people in the wonder of being alive, may we be a people of joy through whom the love of Christ shines as it animates and alivens us among our neighbors who too hold out hope that God will move and bring about restoration and liberation. This Advent, God rejoices over and with us. What good news and great joy. Amen. You can turn in your bulletin to the Lord's Table Liturgy. As a reminder, as you come to the table, you're welcome to not rush past the joy of that sound of tearing open your little packet. It's a sacred sound these days. And if you would like to respond in song or with a gift to offer our Trinity family, you may do so online. There's also an offering basket to the side If you would like to connect more fully, you're welcome to fill out the connection card if you don't want to talk to me. But you can also just talk to me. Okay? Let's join together in the Lord's Table Liturgy. During this season of waiting, at the table we remember the mystery of the one who died that we might live forever. As your spirit moves upon the gifts of the bread and the cup, May she touch us with unexpected hope in the power of patience that we might fully rejoice in your coming to dwell among us. As we wait for Christ's return, we would fill the empty dreams of the world with your vision for peace and wholeness. We would feed the lost with the bread of hope. We would gently lead the exiled back to your kingdom. The table of the Lord is open for all who seek the presence. Find joy this week in the unexpected places and in the shadows. God, we thank you that we can come to you over and over again. And that you renew us. of all, there is an opportunity to support um, survivors of domestic violence with baskets, um, welcoming them to their new um, homes um, through sheltering wings, uh, which has a complex being opened with 52 affordable housing units in Plainfield. Um, I believe the goal is for at least five baskets to be purchased you can do so through the website right there um, if you click on that link the baskets are the the second option they're 3616 I believe um, and then we will be matching as a church using our community grant funds to match an additional five baskets to contribute toward um, that effort so encourage you to do so just forward a copy of your receipt so we know who who has done so. Okay. If you have questions about sheltering wings or the work that they're, that they're doing or are interested in, in engaging with them, um, you can reach out to Joel. Um, his contact information is there. Alrighty. Divine hours are also happening, I believe, at 7 o'clock in the morning if that's not your time. Um, you are welcome to listen through Facebook later, YouTube, etc. And if you have questions about that, Joel is leading us through that each morning during the week, not on the weekends. You'll notice our holiday gathering schedule there. We'll be meeting on Christmas Eve right here at 530 for a fairly traditional-ish candlelight sort of gathering. Um, So we hope that you can join us there, family-friendly, everyone's all-together sort of event. And then we will not be gathering as a community here on the 26th. You all can gather with family. And then on January 2nd, we'll come back together for brunch. Um, More details about that will come. But also go ahead and mark your calendar um, for January 9th will be the day that we ordain Brittany Yont and install her as co-pastor. So mark your calendar and then plan to stay for a bit of a celebration afterwards. Okay. If you have questions about that, feel free to just reach out to me. Okay. All right. Any other announcements? Do I have anyone online? (laughs) Sometimes that happens. Anything else? Okay. Awesome. Albert, will you lead us in the benediction, please? God sends us forth with songs of joy in our hearts. Steps.
1: Chestnuts roasting.